Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another wannabe entrepreneur. Sorry I'm late. I feel that I'm arriving late to a party or something. I normally release more towards the beginning of the week. Now we're already in, I guess, the end of the week. It's crazy. How did time go so fast? I have, I have no idea. I, I returned on Monday from Germany. I'm back in Lisbon. But it has been working non-stop, especially on PodSqueeze. And a lot of things have happened. A lot of things. I have to say, I'm doing this indie hacking for uh, one year and a half, I think even a bit more. And this is the first project where I really see things moving in ways that they never moved before, if you understand what I mean, right? I, I interviewed some makers that had great success, and they told me that from the start they saw this crazy growth. And I'm still not sure if we actually got the, the winner here, the winning product, but definitely things are quite different. So there's a lot of interesting, cool stuff. We got our, where I got my first really viral tweet, which never happened before. And uh, that's all because of building a SaaS, all because of PodSqueeze. But we also have a lot of challenges coming up to us and we are getting a lot of feedback from the users Plus, I also want to speak a little bit about how João and I are organizing the whole workload and everything. So there's so much to talk about, so much to unpack, because I, I have this cloud of emotions inside of me, and I just want to share it with you, because as you know, this is also a theoretical time for me. So without any further ado, let's just get started with today's episode. I like to play the casino. I'm not a gambler. I'm not addicted at all. But I just enjoy it. For me, it's like going to the cinema or uh, do something that I enjoy. I pay a little bit. I might get this money back. Even if I don't get this money back, it's okay. Because I am having fun. And as you know, if you've ever been to a casino, there's many games you can play, actually. So uh, I guess the most famous ones are the slot machines which I think they are terrible. I, I don't understand how they... like. What's the game there? You just go there and click a button and just wait. For me, it makes no sense. And I always lose a lot of money there. Then you have poker or you have blackjack, which is, I guess, the, the king of the casino. I think a lot of people use and, and play blackjack. For me, I love playing the roulette. The roulette is this game where you basically have a ball and some kind of platform that rotates with a bunch of numbers. And when the ball stops rolling, it will stop on a number. And if you have somehow bet on a combination that includes this number, you make money. One thing that is really interesting about the roulette, now I'm just going specifics about the casino, which is, I guess, not too much related with indie hacking. But there are three colors. There's black. There's red, which cover most of the platform or most of the numbers or half-half. And then there is green, which is zero, which is really funny because if you decide to pick the red, one would think that you have actually 50-50 probability of winning, but that's not true. You have a little bit less because you can actually have zero. And if uh, zero is the number that, um, that the ball finishes with, you basically don't get any money from if you hit either black or red. Anyways, 
I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm just like being very specific about the casino. The way I brought this up is because I want to tell you the algorithm that I use. And I keep saying to everyone, I know the algorithm. I know how to trick the casino and make money with roulette. Obviously, I, I don't know. But it's just, I like to say it for fun. And, and I've made some money with it. Not crazy money because I also never gamble too much money. I never bet too much money. Just a little bit for fun. But what I normally do is I always play on red or black or one third, something like this. This kind of easy bets that have higher chances of uh, of winnings, but as well lower prices. And then I, I always pick one number. So let's say I pick black and the uh, first third, and then I play I pick the number 13, for example. And I keep doing this. And my strategy is the following. I use these easy bets to somehow keep me in the game. I know that these ones will not make me rich and that's not my goal. And then I use this number strategy so that when, if I'm lucky enough, the ball stops in my number, I get a lot of money. I think it's like 36 times what I invested. And it's just thrilling to see that happen. When you see like, your money going up, it's, it's really, really amazing. And it's something that's basically why I go to the casino, why I play the roulette is for that feeling. One funny, interesting story, though, is that I really feel that I'm basically using the same strategy, the same strategy I use for the roulette, I'm using for my indie hacking. <laughs> it's really, really funny, but I was thinking about it, and it's actually true, because think about it. What I'm doing at the moment is I am playing different numbers, being the numbers, the projects. And I've made so many projects since I started. Some of them I started and finished super fast, like the indie offices. Others I take for a long time, like the community. But I've I've made some, I, the lottery, we have now pod squeeze, we have the podcast, change it, so many things in one year and a half. So I'm quite proud with the amount of output I'm uh, I am doing, I'm just not really proud with the amount of input or at least the money I get back. Anyways, my strategy now, especially since November or October, has been to have these easy bets, which for me is the freelancing. So I try to get a bunch of freelancing projects that do not occupy a lot of my time, but pay enough for me to keep me afloat both monetarily and as well in my mental health, to reduce my anxiety and everything. And at the same time, I'm playing the numbers by trying a lot of different projects. My MRR, the money I was making from my projects only, reached a top in, in this whole career path of indie hacking, reached a maximum of around 500 bucks. That was the money I was making from the community. Actually, if I think think about it, there was one particular time where I got the community plus the podcast. So maybe I think top was like 700 bucks, but that was like one time. So MRR really was around 550 bucks or something. And then I made this decision, which I believe to be a very bold decision. The decision of stop working full time on the community. We, it, it, it was not an easy decision, I can tell you that, because the more you work, the more you get attached to the project, the harder it gets for you to just give it up. But because I was lucky enough to have been talking with a lot of makers in this podcast, 
And by the way, a little side note, if you want to learn something, start a podcast. It's incredible how people will just accept to talk with you for one hour if if they are just coming to talk with your in your podcast. Even if you don't have enough listens, like my first, like I got Arvid here with like 30 people listening to this podcast. He didn't even ask. Most people don't even ask. Going back to the storyline, I, I was learning and studying and keeping my ears open to what all of these people were telling me. And I was able to somehow determine this pattern that when the makers that I interviewed actually succeed, and what I mean succeed is really making a lot of money, right? Uh, let's say more than 10K per month. They did it most of the times. They reached immediately a growth in the first one, two, or three months that is nothing compared with any of my projects. A growth that basically I think Mark um, Mark LG, when I interviewed him, he, he told it and put it really well. He said basically that people were lining up and like giving him his, their passwords and their email because they wanted their product to work. So they were willing to do anything because they really wanted the value that the Power Importer, Mark's product, was bringing. So I want that. That was my strategy. I thought, okay, that's the only way. And to do that, I need to make this decision, which is I need to be able to kill my darlings, to kill the projects that are not there. So I made that decision and I basically worked really hard in the community for like one uh, one week, one week and a half. For some reason, I was like, I was playing around with the GPT API. And then I decided, okay, that's it. Now it's time to put the community in the back burner and just basically maintain it and let's go for another project. And uh, at the time, we are, we're also finishing the Indie Lottery and then we started Pod Squeeze. And the idea here is to try to find that growth. And if we don't find it, we go to the next one. Now the question is, did we find it? Did we find this growth with Pod Squeeze? So... I released this um, to the public with the payments and everything. I think it was like two weeks ago. Yeah. And so far, the traction we have been having, it's amazing. It's really, really something that we're not expecting. So we shared it at first on Reddit, like podcasting subreddit, and we shared it on Twitter and in the bunch of like newsletters. But there's such a huge hype around GPT and AI that we are having a lot of traffic, like traffic coming from Google, and I don't even know where it's coming from. And it's incredible. Just in the last 24 hours, for you to understand, we got more than 300 visits, more than 200 people already signed up, and we we already got four clients. Yeah, we are already making some money. So we are making now around 80 bucks. So that part is incredible. We're also having really, really interesting feedback. People that are saying that this product is really amazing and a lot of content creators, especially people on Fiverr, etc., that write show notes for podcasts, they are saying that, wow, you are taking my job away. Like This is mind-blowing. So... Of course, that in that side, it has been really amazing. I, the, the thrill, the adrenaline, the excitement around this, is, it's unbelievable because you, you feel that, wow, finally, I hit the nail. Finally, 
this is working and I I will be able to live from my expenses. Finally, I hit the number. One interesting thing as well that happened is that I started sharing, obviously, on Twitter about this. And it's funny because I've shared about all of my projects, right? I shared about the community, in the lottery, about everything. And suddenly, the sharing about the SaaS, I noticed that it's very, very different than sharing about the other projects. I had an extremely viral tweet recently. This tweet happened when I got my first client, my first uh, client for PodSqueeze. And the tweet basically is a print screen of the Stripe subscription where I show basically that now I have a client paying 35 bucks. And it, it's very simple. It does this image and just says, my SaaS just got its first customer. PodSqueeze MRR is official 35 bucks. This tweet alone got 367 likes, 66 responses, 6 retweets, and was seen more than 37k times. That, that's incredible. Just for you to understand, I got so many people following me. I think I got more than 60 people just following my Twitter account because of this specific tweet. So I found this really, really interesting because suddenly it seems that also one of the reasons why we see other makers on Twitter succeeding, like Tony Dean and Peter Levels, etc., it's just because they make SaaS and people just love SaaS. For some reason, they people love SaaS much more than they love info courses or communities or just normal websites. People love SaaS. I don't know why. So imagine when I, I just like waking up and seeing all of these notifications. Imagine how I felt. It, it was incredible. It's I had some interesting tweets in the past, but nothing like this. So all of this combined made me really hopeful. Really hopeful that Pot Squeeze um, was going the right direction. And the cherry on top of the cake, I'm just basically starting by saying all the good stuff, and then I'll tell you the challenges, but... The cherry on top of the cake was when um, OpenAI, the company responsible for ChatGPT, announced that their API for ChatGPT was out. So until then, I was using another version, which was GPT-3. ChatGPT is basically um, GPT-3 version 2. It's better and it's more conversational. So they released that, and I was excited about this. Wow, this is amazing. We can probably improve a little bit our results. I knew that GPT-3 and this ChatGPT were very similar, but I knew that probably we could improve a little bit the results. But what I was not expecting was the new pricing. Just for you to understand, the ChatGPT API is 10 times cheaper than the GPT-3 API. Suddenly, from one hour to the other, I just realized that we increased our margins by 10x. This is unbelievable. It's, it's really amazing. And it kind of proves that, yes, now it's a great time to work on AI because there are so many things happening that uh, things will just get cheaper and you are already there. You are, we are just, it feels that we are just catching the wave just in the right time, the right spot. Obviously, at the same time, a lot of similar products are popping up. 
which is interesting. There's a lot of similar products to Pod Squeeze. Every time one shows up, I'm like nervous, like, oh my God, what's happening here? But then, I don't know, I'm quite happy with what we built. So imagine this. Now we can actually reduce our prices. We can do a lot of interesting stuff. So all of this is great. And you might be thinking, okay, Tiago, you just nailed it. You and Joan will be rich. You'll get your goal of making 1 million next year. And uh, you'll be in the My First Million podcast, whatever. <laughs> Not so fast. Not so fast. Because the conversion rate... So meaning people from that basically start paying is not that high. It's really not that high. So as I told you, we're getting a lot of traffic, but only four clients. And I cannot wrap my head around it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Why gods of entrepreneurship? Why couldn't you make this easy for me? It's never easy. In my previous projects, I... I had, for instance, in the Indie Lottery, I had great conversion. It was really easy to get people to pay, but it was really hard to bring people to the website. Now, we have a product that people value, probably that is good. We are bringing people to the website, but the conversions are low. So what have we done to try to understand this? What have we done to try to increase our conversions? Many things, many things. That has been a roller coaster, and I think that's basically what I've been kind of taking all of my time. First thing we did was, or we realized, John and I, that we had a lot of people that sign up, more than 150 people uh, back then. And we thought, okay, let's send all of them an email and ask, what do you think of the product? What, what's your feedback? We did send it, and uh, we got some answers back, which was cool. A lot of people told us that we needed an upload feature, because back then, you could only upload your podcast using the RSS feed. So basically you need first to publish the episode and then you could upload it or then you could use it, which I understand doesn't make sense because you want to create your show notes, your titles, everything before you actually upload it. You want to use it. So a lot of people told us, hey, Tiago, if you do that, we pay. At the same time, some other people said that the prices were too high. And this was feedback that we were getting from multiple different users. So we kind of realized, okay, this makes sense. It goes with our mission. Now we can actually reduce the prices because ChatGPT just launched. So what I was doing in this past week was working on all of this, migrating to the new API and reducing the prices and implementing the upload feature. We did all of that. We did all of that. And I'm really proud with the fact that we were able to do that. And we launched it. And we got a few a few users, a few paying users, but it's still not consistent. So what's happening? Why is this happening? It's a, it's a question that I ask you. Let me know, please. If you have any ideas, any theories, send them my way on uh, Twitter, WBTiago, because I really, really want to hear from you. But yeah, so... We also have been trying to get more people in the website, been doing a lot of cold emailing, cold messaging, uh, because we already exhausted all the options. Like we've been, I've been to Discord groups, Reddit, uh, Acker News, everything. So now it has been like basically reaching out to people directly. And uh, I can tell you already what worked, what didn't. So 
João has been working hard in getting a lot of emails and from agencies and everything. And uh, one thing that actually happened that was really cool, by the way, was that uh, we we got reached out by um, a podcast influencer, and he was really happy with PodSquiz. He said, "Okay, this is really cool," and he also has an agency. So we had a really interesting chat with him. And it was super helpful. At first, we thought that, okay, he's going to try to sell us some sponsorship or something. He wants us to sponsor his podcast or his content. But no, he gave us really valuable inputs about PodSqueeze. And what made me really hopeful was that, yeah, in the end, he, he really said, okay, maybe we can do some kind of partnership. But he was not wanting money. He, that, he was not necessarily interested in money. He was mostly interested in uh, getting free credits for pot squeeze. So this somehow shows that we have something great, something that people are willing to trade their uh, time for, right, in this case. So we got super excited with this. Maybe we'll do some partnership with him uh, later on. Uh, we decided not to do it right away because we are still figuring out if pot squeeze will actually take off or not. And we don't want him to basically put his image in front of a product that in a week or so will dis could disappear. So he completely understood that and we might reconnect in the future. So, yeah, we have been basically sending messages to agencies. We have been sending tons of emails to podcasters. João found some database uh, where he was able to get a lot of emails, which was amazing. I can tell you right away that the emails, they do not work. Like, they, it's the conversion is super low. It's really super low. We did get some people answering back, which was great, but the conversion is really low. And uh, basically, João gets all the emails and I put everyone in BCC and send the same email to everyone. And yeah, the conversion is really low, but I mean, kind of works. One thing that is working and I got super surprised is going on Fiverr and finding all these people that are writing show notes to podcasters and basically telling them that we have a product that will save them time. And it's really cool because a lot of them answer and a lot of them give us great feedback. And we got really positive feedback. People said that the product was really good. But then when it was time to basically convert, they didn't, which was really interesting, right? So they are saying that this product can replace them. They are saying that this product can save them time. But at the same time, they are not willing to invest in this product, right? So there's something odd. And Again, this goes back to one of the indie hacking motto, which is if you really want to see if people like your product, ask them to pay. Because everyone is saying that the product is amazing, but no one is actually paying. So obviously that this uh, doesn't make me happy. It makes me anxious. It makes me really anxious because at this moment, my MRR has gone down. Right. So as I was telling you before, when my the top MRR I got was the community was 500 bucks. Then I stopped working on it. The MRR started going down and uh, and now it feels that I'm going the opposite direction, which is something that I believe to be important. But it's it's really frustrating. At the same time, I am starting some new freelancing projects. So I'm kind of in between. It's, it's weird, and I feel that now I'm more used to this lifestyle, and I don't get anxious, I don't feel nervous about it. But at the same time, I, I feel that I need to find a way to fix this. 
What is interesting as well is my how João and I are basically working on this together. So João is a freelancer. I think he's he's an entrepreneur and a freelancer, but he's like firstly he's a freelancer and then entrepreneurship is kind of his side hustle. Even though he puts like a lot of work on this, like a lot of work and he has been working nonstop, which is incredible. And that's basically why we work really well together. He has a lot of drive. Uh, and for me, I'm trying hard, really hard to make my entrepreneurship my main gig and the um, freelancing my hobbies, my side hustles. I'm trying to invert the whole scheme of things. But this makes me really anxious. And I feel now that especially this week, I'm trying a lot of things. I'm really trying a lot of things, trying to get a lot of feedback and trying to figure out what we can do to increase the, the quality of the product and increase the, um, the conversions. And one option, one reason might be that people take a little bit of time to convert because they are still using the free methods they have. So it might take a month or so for them to start actually converting. I don't know, maybe. But at times I kind of feel a little bit frustrated with this because I feel that it's a little bit unfair that I I am in this situation and uh, João is not because he has the, the freelancing as his main stuff, which I totally understand. And it's completely unfair to say this, uh, but does make me feel a little bit um, anxious at times. I start to think, okay, how do we organize this? Uh, do I need to push him? Or uh, am I like pushing too much, which which can be true. I think I'm I'm reaching this point where I I'm trying to do everything and basically doing nothing at the same time. You know, like when you have these cartoons that are running in the same place. That's what I feel I'm doing, moving a lot, not achieving enough, basically. And Juan keeps telling me, okay, let's let's take a break, like chill out. But of course that's we are in different situations, right? Like for him, he can't chill out because he's so busy with all of his projects. And for me, it's the opposite. So we need to find a way to somehow work this out, uh, which is not a big deal again. Uh, but I think we, every time we had like this kind of issues, we were able to work this and make us more productive. A great example is when he was super focused on like the margins and the design then we basically found this way of working together where you would like do the HTML and CSS. I would just like basically do the structure. So that worked really well. And that's basically the reason why we're able to ship this product so fast. Um, yeah, anyways, I totally know it's unfair. And uh, when it's the opposite, when it's me working less, like what happened with the Indie Lottery, uh, I, I was less motivated than him. He was like super nice with this and like, yeah, chill, uh, no problem. Um, yeah. But I just felt that it's, it's also important important to share this because I'm trying to be as open as and transparent as possible for you, the listener, as well, to like understand what's going on in my mind and to understand what's going on in the whole how what actually is to be an indie hacker and what what happens, what goes through our minds, and that's it. Uh, when you have a, a, um, someone working with you, sometimes you might judge or or think, okay. Um, you, that things are not correct or something, uh, even though they are. Actually, the same thing is kind of happening with with the community, funny enough, um, because, um, as you know, I have either working in 
organizing the events. And so far, like people love it. And I love it too. It's really good. Working with her is really nice. But sometimes, and again, I think it's my problem. It's not someone else's problem. It's not their problem. It's my problem. But sometimes I have these bursts of energy where I want to do things, right? And I always expect the others to follow me and the others to be in the same level of energy, which is very, um, very selfish of me, like makes no sense, right? Like everyone has their lives, everyone uh, has different levels of energy, and I cannot expect that everyone will basically follow mine. I, I guess that's just because, again, as an indie hacker, I'm I'm a bit selfish. Uh, I have this ego problem. I think all of us indie hackers have, right? That That's why we do this. That's why we are not working for others. That's why we, we want to succeed in our own terms, right? So um, w- with the events, for instance, Sometimes I, I, I completely disconnect about the community in for like two or three weeks. But like this week, I started thinking, we need to organize another event. I started messaging either. She didn't respond immediately. And I started thinking, oh, she's not motivated. She doesn't want to do this. What will I do? You know what's going It's crazy, right? It's really crazy that this just goes through my mind. Like it, it just immediately goes there. Um, and, and I don't know. If this happens to everyone, maybe this is somehow connected with my insecurities that I, I think that people are just not invested as much or that I'm not good enough. And then people basically cannot trust me or my projects so that they have to like do their own stuff. It's not easy. It's not easy. And now I start to understand how hard it must be and it must feel when you actually have other like other people working for you. So not co-founders but really like employees because employees they don't have anything at stake right like a lot of them don't even have stock options or whatever so how do you how can you expect them to be as motivated as you you can't you can't but how do you deal with this that's something that uh, i hope to understand one day uh, because that will mean that we'll have more people working with us and uh, with the indie hacking with our project and everything but it's something that i need to learn how to deal Anyways, that's basically it. That's all I want to share with you. Uh, I hope you found this episode interesting. There's so many things happening. And again, if you have any ideas, whatever, good ideas, bad ideas, suggestions, send them my way at WBTiago on Twitter. I always answer everyone, really. Uh, I love getting your feedback. I don't get offended. (laughs) So you can just tell me that something is shit or something is great, or just give me your ideas. I love that. So uh, send them my way for sure. And uh, I really appreciate all of you that share these episodes on Twitter and with their friends, because you are really making this such a more pleasant experience. Like I, I, I love podcasting, and I enjoy talking, and I enjoyed when I was doing this for 10 people and 30 people, but the excitement increases with the number of people that is listening, obviously, right? So uh, now doing this for around 200 people, it's it's amazing. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be doing this for 500 people. So thank you so much for that. And if you want to meet each other, if you want to meet the other listeners and other makers, and at the t- same time support this podcast um, monetarily, you can join the community, the WB community. And uh, it's 10 bucks per month. 
and you get these events that EDA is organizing, which are really costly, actually. Each, each event, uh, for people that are not from the community, they pay 10 bucks just for the event, just for you to understand. And there's a lot of people always joining. And then you get to meet other people, and it's such a nice, pleasant environment. It's just a cool community. So I'm really proud of it as well. Even though I know that's not making a lot of money, just I love this product. I'm proud to be a member of the WB space. So you can as well be one. And you, and besides that, you can also buy the guides. So from all the lessons I got uh, with my interviews, I put everything into a step-by-step guides and there's a lot of things you can do and you just go to the show notes and check that out. Um, yeah, besides that, I hope to somehow be able to disconnect a bit from the pod squeeze, from pod squeeze to focus on finally editing the two interviews I have uh, in the backlog. They are so cool and I learned so much. So hopefully they'll be um, released soon. And uh, yeah, sorry if, again for not releasing on Tuesdays. Uh, I know that a lot of you like to for me to be consistent. And as well, I do like to do to do so, but I just didn't work out this week. Anyways, that's it. I hope you have a lovely weekend. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.